Good evening. Thankful for the good crowd this evening. Hope that you have enjoyed, been able to enjoy this beautiful day. Certainly on the outside, as it's been nice weather, but certainly as well as we've had the opportunity to be together. We appreciate so much all of you who have been here today and the encouragement that we gained from that as was always pray, already prayed even this evening. We're thankful for the times of encouragement that we have. Certainly something like we were able to take part in a week or so ago there. But even with the encouragement that we gain from our times of being together here, I think that's something that we overlook as we kind of preach towards the end of the lesson this morning. But we have so many opportunities for encouragement. It doesn't take a lot of, a lot of effort many times. It doesn't take a lot of money. But just being here and encouraging each other, this congregation, we've already seen is very good at that. We want to, to, to continue to encourage each other in that as well. Tonight we're going to take a look at uh, another Lost in the Credits lesson as we have continued this series. Uh, we've got a few more to go, maybe we may save a couple for the, the first of the year. I can't believe it's already December and it's... Brother James just paid, uh, prayed for us. I can't believe that it's fixing to be time for a January to come around again. Uh, but we are, certainly as we look forward to the new year and uh, some new lessons and some new uh, sermon series and things, we have a few more of these that I'd like for us to consider. Uh, tonight we're going to look at someone that you may have actually heard of before. doesn't mean you know a lot about him in particular or the story. It uh, doesn't necessarily, just because someone might be considered lost in the credits, doesn't mean you've never heard of them before, although that certainly has been the case so far with some of the people that we have looked at. But if you recall, the idea, of course, behind this series of lessons is that there are people who may be just simply lesser known. People who maybe don't quite get all the credit or the attention Sometimes we talk about the elders or the deacons or the ministers of the congregation, but we know certainly that it takes all kinds of people to make a congregation run. Same way with a business sometimes. The vice president or the CEO or, or may get all the attention, may get all the press and all the TV time, but certainly it takes everybody doing their part. We think about the example of those who had the talents. Uh, in the New Testament, the one-talent man, the five-talent man. We think about how many talents we have. It's easy sometimes for us to feel like we're not important. But that is certainly not the case at all. And that's hope, hopefully the encouragement that we are taking from these series of lessons. I'd like to share with you tonight as we begin a few pictures. And maybe you can spot as they appear upon the screen some people that maybe you recognize. Or maybe you uh, can catch the theme that runs along through these set of pictures. But when you think about some of these people who are on the screen together, whether you recognize all of them or not, there is a common theme. Those who are in the top left side of the picture there of the screen are the original five blind boys of Mississippi. Now maybe you're familiar with them or their music. Maybe you're more familiar with the blind boys of Alabama. Uh, but certainly that is the name of uh, the group that put out music in the post-World War II era and was well known for traveling around and singing and performing. We see as well on the screen here someone that we are a little more familiar with, with Stevie Wonder. Again, someone who was able to perform and put music together despite, the, again, the common theme that runs through these. Some of you may recall Patty Duke playing Helen Keller in the movie there and portraying Helen, the story of Helen Keller. And then, of course, in the top right-hand corner, we have Ray Charles. It doesn't take you very long when you think about the common theme that runs through these different pictures. But we see here people who had problems or trouble with their sight. 
They were blind. And I'm not here tonight to give you the exact story. I don't even know all the stories behind everybody that's here pictured on the screen. But we can know from history and from what we know about these folks that they had a physical disability that caused them to have problems with seeing. Sometimes when we look at the credits of the movie, we feel blind because sometimes you have to feel like you've got to have supervision to look at all those names. And the picture on the screen here, if you can even make it out, and you can't see the words on it even if you were standing as close as I am here to the screen, but sometimes that's the way we feel about these people in the Bible. You have to squint, or maybe you can't even make it out if you had a magnifying glass to tell the people that are sometimes included in the credits of the movies. The one thing that we put forth time and time again is that these people that we are talking about are ordinary people made extraordinary by God. If you think about some of the lessons that we've had so far in this series, we have talked about some people who have had to overcome some things. We talked about the sons of Korah. They had to overcome the bad example of their father or their grandfather. In fact, sometimes we have to overcome family members. We've talked about other people who may have had to overcome something. But tonight, as obvious with the pictures that we have looked at just a few moments ago, we are going to talk about a blind person. And that blind person is better known sometimes as Blind Bartimaeus. If you've got your outline in front of you, that is the name and title of the lesson tonight. And his story is found in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. For the sake of our lesson tonight, we want to take time and read this very quickly together. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. Mark records for us, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side, begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. Verse 50, And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Now it's possible that you've heard of blind Bartimaeus before. As I said a moment ago, this is a New Testament story. This is maybe a name that you've encountered before. But at the same time, we see a bunch of these stories, if you will. We see a bunch of situations in the different accounts of the gospel of people who would come to Jesus and some interaction happens and then they go their way. Oftentimes they were healed physically. Sometimes their sins were forgiven, spoken by the words of Jesus, the Son of God. But either way, we see several encounters like this all throughout the gospel accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But tonight we want to think about blind Bartimaeus for a few moments and make some points about this particular story and some application for our lives. Number one this evening, he did not let his physical disability drive him from God. He did not let his physical disability drive him from God. 
many people, many of you are here tonight, and if we're honest about it, we really don't have maybe a whole lot of physical disabilities. The, we, we sometimes think of physical disability and we think about those who can't even get out of their house. We think about maybe those who can't see. I mean, have no ability to see, maybe can't hear, those who, who physically cannot walk. And we say, well, we have a relative measure of health here this evening. And we're thankful for that. But it doesn't have to be some type of terrible thing. It doesn't have to be something that would, would take us from a, a whole sense of one of our senses of our physical body. But we sometimes let physical problems get in our way. This is a point... For us tonight, this is something that we can learn because we sometimes let physical problems hinder us. Tonight we think for just a few moments about people and how they respond to certain situations. Think about people and how they respond to certain situations. Uh, I think of one instance in particular, not of just one person, but maybe let's just say there are two sisters. Both those sisters are married, and both of them become widows at the same time or around the same time. One of them takes that situation and determines within themselves, I am going to serve God better or more. I'm going to take this and what it's caused to happen to me in my life, but I'm going to resolve within myself to do better. But on the other hand, the other sister gets upset and doesn't come out of it points towards the heavens and points toward God and says, why did you allow this to happen to me? And becomes bitter. You see, many people become bitter when trouble comes. They want to blame God. They want to blame others. And that's sort of just their reaction to whatever troubles come their way. Now, it might be physical. It may be something with their health. But sometimes it may just be the troubles that life gives us sometimes. But yet other times, some people become better. They become better when trouble comes. As we think not only about blind Bartimaeus here in this account, but our lives, how do we respond? Now, it's possibly true as well that we might choose both at different times. You think about the, the trouble and the sorrow that comes with losing a spouse. Some in this audience have even known and understood that and the, the sorrow that comes along with that. I'm not saying that, that you shouldn't be upset, that a person would not be bothered by that. But yet, how do we respond when we have physical problems and troubles in our life? There's some things that we can consider in this instance. Job chapter 1 and verse 20, perhaps you recall Job. Job had all. He had everything he could probably ever want. And yet all those things are wiped out from him in just a single day. Of course, except that is his wife. And we're going to see in just a moment, he might have wished that God just had taken her instead and left the other things. But in Job chapter 1 and verse 20, as Job, these things happen to Job, he responds to them and he says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and worshipped now Job here is not disabled uh, we use the term here on the screen but Job is not physically disabled but he is dealing with some physical problems again the loss of property the loss of life the loss of essentially all that he had but yet this is how he responds in this instance he rent his mantle shaved his head and fell down on the ground and worshipped we go on even further in that story and we recognize that maybe he wished that his wife had been taken as well. Because then his wife says unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. 
What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Did he react bitter or did he react better? Again, I, I can't stand here and judge every situation that you're going to go through. I, I would understand that the loss of a spouse would be devastating. The loss of a child would be devastating. I, I know that, that if you're the only person who is holding a job in your family, maybe at a, a specific time and you lose your job, that would be devastating. There are so many things that we could lay out in front of us as problems. Maybe not the physical disability, but as problems that we face. But yet, how do we respond? This blind Bartimaeus did not let this physical disability drive him from God. Let's hear from the Apostle Paul. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, Paul might have been worried about having enough food or what he was going to do or where he was going to sleep, but through all the things that he faced, all the physical problems that he faced, he realized upon whom he could depend. He knew upon whom he could trust. That is the God of heaven. And again, it doesn't have to be necessarily this great physical disability such as blindness, but from someone who was blind and blind Bartimaeus, we can recognize that our physical issues don't have to drive us from God. We think as well in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, another one of these instances that we talked about a moment ago. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And who did the, what do the people ask him? What do they say to him? Who sinned? Who sinned? Was it this man or his parents that would cause him to be blind? And of course, today we ask, who would say such an ignorant question? I mean, that's crazy, ludicrous to think that this is because either he sinned or his parents sinned. But Jesus goes on in verse number three and answers and gives them the answer. He says, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. This attitude is wrong in the sense that it's always God's fault. Or God always causes bad things to happen to us. We think about the words of Mordecai as well. Speaking to Esther. One that we're all pretty much familiar with. That maybe you've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Sometimes our physical problems and maybe even, yes, a physical disability should not drive us from God, but cause us to have an opportunity to talk to someone, to speak to someone about Christ and about the love of God. We never know when something that we're facing might cause us to be able to make a contact with someone. We simply don't know. But yet many times when our physical problems get in our way, we want to blame God and we turn away from him. Blind Bartimaeus did not let this cause a problem. Even though he may not have been able to see Jesus, he knew and he heard what the people were saying and he did not let that drive him from God. Number two this evening, he did not care what others thought. He did not care what other people thought. If you go back to the story, you may recall that he cried out and the people told him, to be quiet. They essentially were trying to hush him up and, and tell him that he just needed to stay quiet. He didn't need to bother this Jesus of Nazareth. 
according uh, to Mark's account there. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. They didn't want him crying out. That's the way we treat people sometimes. We think we know the way the situation should go. And we, we would tell someone, just, just stay out of the way. Just don't cause a scene. You know, just don't be heard. Don't, don't, don't bother anybody. Just stay out of the way. But he didn't care what other people thought. He was going to cry out for this Jesus of Nazareth. Perhaps you recall in Acts chapter 4 and verses 18 through 20, there as Peter and John have been brought in before those who are gathered there, and they are commanded not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But in verse 19, Peter and John answered unto the authorities there and said, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Peter and John are saying these things that we have seen and heard, these are things concerning salvation and we will not, we will not be quiet about it. We have to continue to share these things. They weren't worried about what other people were going to say because these things concern salvation. These things were the things that needed to be shared. Friends and brethren, I'm here to tell you tonight nothing that will shock you. But I'm here to tell you tonight, that's exactly the world we still live in today. People grow tired of hearing the truth. They don't want us to speak about, they, they get sick and tired of hearing about homosexuality or abortion or, or other things that God speaks out against. And they, they grow weary and tired and they want to tell us to hush and be quiet. But we cannot, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. These things concerning salvation, these things that God has told us. The way that we should live. I know it's hard sometimes. We all love to be accepted. It begins even in kindergarten. All the way through high school. And we're crazy if we act like it doesn't even go into the workplace. We love to be accepted by people. Rightfully so. Everyone wants to feel warmed and liked and loved. But at what cost? Do we care so much about what others think that we're willing to set aside the truth? The word of God? That's certainly the way some people treat their lives. Blind Bartimaeus didn't care what others thought. We think it's well about the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. He says, but with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. Paul says here essentially, man, you or me. Man doesn't determine what I say. Man will not tell me what to say of you or even myself because God has told me what to say. I'm speaking the things concerning God and it doesn't matter what other people think. It's hard sometimes to stand up and be the one to say that. But even as we learn that from blind Bartimaeus, from Peter and John, and even from Paul, it's something that we need to try to apply for, to ourselves. We think it's well about the words in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. It's very simply a question of who are we trying to please? Who are we trying to please with our words, with our actions, with our thoughts, with everything that we do? Are we trying to please men or are we trying to please God? I recall a story that was told one time of a, a young man who was a, a preacher coming out of preacher training school somewhere in, in Tennessee and he traveled to Kentucky 
And he began determined within the first few weeks he, he had his, his best sermon prepared on beverage alcohol. And he, he was ready to present it. And he presented it and he walked out the back and one of the deacons pulled him aside and said, Preacher, I, I know you're new, but you may not know this, but this is this is Bourbon County, Kentucky, and and half your salary comes from, you know, the, the sale of bourbon and the production of bourbon here in this area. And he, I thought, oh man, okay. So he went home. Within a few weeks, he, he prepared his best sermon on tobacco. And he, he presented that. He got pulled aside again as he got to the back. And said, preacher, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but half your salary comes from the production and the, the sale of tobacco here in Kentucky. You know, you might might want to be careful what you say. Okay, so he went home again. He spent all week preparing his best sermon on gambling. He presented that sermon on gambling and the ills and evils of gambling and Pulled aside again after the sermon and said, you know, this is bluegrass. This is Kentucky here. You know, almost all the congregation is involved up with horse racing, you know, and you, you might want to be careful. And the preacher finally had enough. He said, okay, what am I going to do then? What can I preach on? The deacon said, well, we don't happen to have any African witch doctors around here. So if you want to preach on that, that's okay. I don't think that's exactly the way it was supposed to go. And that's kind of a little bit of a humorous story to think about the way that we really do treat things sometimes. Sometimes we want the preacher and even ourselves to please men as opposed to God. We worry about what others are going to say. Yes, we are to speak the truth in love. Yes, we are to share the gospel. And yes, we need to find, find a balance among all of that. But do we care sometimes too much what others think? I dare say that can be the case sometimes. But yet from blind Bartimaeus, we recognize someone who regardless of what everybody was telling him knew that he had found the answer for what he needed and he was going to continue to cry out for this Jesus of Nazareth. Number three this evening, he acted on his once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He acted on his once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, in fact, the more he was told to be quiet, the way the story reads there in Martin, the more he cried out. Well, we get the instance that he cried out, he was told to be quiet, he cried out again. He knew that he had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And if you recall what was said there in verse 50, when Jesus says, Come, he cast his garment away, rose, and came to Jesus. He didn't hesitate when he was called. He didn't ask somebody if this is what he should do. He didn't second-guess himself or think about it. He was ready to go. He acted upon this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He didn't know if he would ever get another chance like this. The thought for us tonight is, how many chances do we squander in our life? How many times do we say, well, I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll wait till Wednesday. I'll wait till next Sunday. I'll wait till my family's in town. I'll wait till something else comes along. And we know, we know that we wait and we wait and we wait. He didn't know if he was going to have another chance. And so he needed to act upon this opportunity. The same thing is true for us. Of course, most of us live, and, and people live to be 70, 80, 90, or, or however long. And so we think, I'll have tomorrow. I'll have another chance. But of course, we should not put off to the future what we should do today. We're thankful that we've had time and opportunity. We're blessed with that, but we don't know that that's going to come. We're not promised that. And as the preacher who stands up here and says that from time to time, I can admit I've been in the audience when that's been said and thought, yeah, you know, maybe, but it seems tomorrow always comes. I mean, it's always there. And, of course, for our lives, so far it has. But how many opportunities are we going to get to either become gospel obedient, 
to admit that we've got a problem or sin in our life and repent of that sin, we don't know. We think about the words of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Why should we wait? Blind Bartimaeus saw the opportunity and he acted. And then fourth and finally this evening, he simply followed Jesus. He simply followed Jesus. As we see there at the end of the account, in verse number 52, And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. He followed Jesus. He didn't just get what he wanted and then go his own way. That's what happens so many times in our life. We, we, we get something good from someone, or, or we say... God, if you'll just give me another chance, I'll come back. I'll come to services. And we do, maybe, so, where the good thing happens and we think God has given it to us or allowed that to happen. And, and so we think about it, but no, I'll, I'll put it off. And we don't ever come back. We kind of barter, if you will, with God. Or we kind of take this time to think about, you know, I've gotten what I wanted and maybe now I'll just go about what I was doing. Blind Bartimaeus received his sight. But then he followed after Jesus. Many people want Jesus as their Savior, but not as their Lord. Think about Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9. It says, talking about Jesus and having been perfected, He became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey Him. See, many people want Jesus to be their Savior, but not as Lord. We think about the words in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24 as well. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. They're not in red on the screen, but they are the words of Jesus. Come after and follow me. Many people want Jesus as their Savior, but not as their Lord. From blind Bartimaeus, we recognize that he needs to be our Lord. He needs to be our Lord and Savior, and we need to follow after him every day of our lives. Some days that's more difficult than others, but it's certainly something that we should be striving for. We recognize from Bartimaeus, we need to follow after Jesus. Seems really simple, doesn't it? But yet it's true. And so many people set it aside sometimes. When we think about buying Bartimaeus tonight, we'll leave you with one closing thought here. He was blind, but in a sense, he had clear vision. He was blind, but in a sense, when we think about what he was willing to do, the, the statements he was willing to make, the action that he was willing to take, he was blind, but he had clear vision. Could it be possible tonight that we have clear vision with our eyes? And be blind towards the things of God. That's something that hits home a little bit more. Maybe it causes us to need to think a little bit. But maybe we have clear vision with our physical eyes. But we're blind to many other things. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way in our lives. But it takes an action on our part. And maybe that's what we learn most of all from blind Bartimaeus. He was willing to step up and be active and do something. He could have sat there his entire life and said, Woe is me. Look what I've been given. Look what's happened to me. There's nothing I can do. But yet when he recognized Jesus of Nazareth was passing by and he cried out and he was called, he was healed and he followed after Jesus. Tonight, are you blind towards the things of God, of Jesus, of the, of, of the Bible, of salvation? 
don't have to be. You can have clear vision with your physical eyes and clear vision as well when it comes to the words of God and His commands. Tonight, the possibility exists that you are here and you have never become a Christian, that you have never obeyed the simple plan of salvation, that you have never been baptized for the remission of your sins, allowing God to add you to His church. We will be singing in a moment to encourage you to do just that. Maybe you've done that in times past, but you've wandered away. God doesn't require us to be into the water, immersed in the water every time we mess up. He also doesn't strike us dead every time we mess up. But we're thankful for his second law of pardon, that we can repent of our sins and pray for forgiveness. And he is willing to do just that, that we can, again, walk in the light as he is in the light. The beauty of being here together tonight is that we sing to encourage you, and we would pray gladly for you and with you, even this evening, if you'll come now as we stand together and as we sing. 